This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. David Eby, the Attorney General, holding a news conference earlier today saying some changes coming to ICBC, including ICBC hiring a fairness commissioner. So if you have a complaint about ICBC, uh, now you'll have someone to complain to. Uh, he said ICBC also committing to plain language reporting. So they say they have to do a better job of explaining to people why your auto insurance is going through the roof. It's a, it's a failure to communicate is the problem here. It's not because people are getting wall up with huge rate hikes. It's just they're not explaining it to you properly. So they're going to fix that, too. I think the heat's on here. I think the heat's on this government. I think the heat's on this attorney general about ICBC. Yesterday on the show, we talked about a new report just came up from the Insurance Bureau of Canada. They represent the private insurance companies. I know they got they got partisan interests here, but I thought this was an interesting report. And it took a look at insurance rates comparing BC and Alberta, of course, where they got private insurance. Surprise, surprise, Alberta insurance cheaper here, according to this report. I had David Eby on the show yesterday. I asked him about Alberta insurance. Here's what he told me. I certainly acknowledge that people can find uh, cheaper insurance in Alberta. The issue is that they get less insurance for their money. So, for example, if you're in a single car crash in British Columbia, you hit some black ice and spin out, you're covered for $300,000 in injury. But if you do the same accident in Alberta, you're covered for $50,000. And if you don't think that's significant, if you hit a moose and you're rendered quadriplegic or you have to use a wheelchair, if you don't think that's a big difference between $50,000 and $300,000, you haven't tried living with those kinds of injuries. Yeah, but And, and so, so the, the cost in part is that the benefits aren't as good. Okay, I was trying. What I was trying to get to him there was to point out that the payouts, the actual actual payouts that people receive who are injured in car accidents in Alberta and BC, pretty much the same. So the limits on the payouts higher in BC, but the actual payouts of money people are receiving are actually about the same between the two provinces. But insurance rates higher in British Columbia compared to Alberta. Let's check in with Chris Sims now, BC director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. I'm pleased to welcome her back. Hi, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me on. I know this is an important issue for you, ICBC. What do you think about the government's announcement today on a fairness commissioner, plain language reporting? Is this a good thing? Well, we're always in favor of more transparency. And if they yeah. can make things uh, more plain language, easier to understand, that's a good thing. But the bad news is it'll probably just be more bad news. And is it better to have that more clearly explained? I guess. Uh, but, you know, we try to give praise where we can nice to see that it's going to be a bit more transparent, more plain language. But at the end of the day, I think most drivers care about the fact that they're getting screwed over on their rates, that we're paying the highest rates in Canada and we're locked in. I speak to people all the time who say they feel trapped with this thing because they can't shop around. They've got no option. And to his point that he was mentioning there on the limits, yes, the limits are different. But as you point out, the payouts are almost exactly the same. And further, shouldn't we have a choice? What if, what if I want a different level of insurance and I, as a sentient thinking adult, want to shop around for and choose 
a different level or rate or method of insurance in order to suit my budget or my needs. Shouldn't we be allowed to do that in BC? The idea that we're not is, is strange. And I can only point to personal experience. I was born and raised in British Columbia, first got my driver's license here. The moment I could get it, I lived away. I lived in Ontario and Nova Scotia, came back here two years later, and I almost fainted when I saw how much my insurance rate would be. As a perfect yeah. driver, I've got a completely clean, spotless record, and I drive like a mom mobile. And that experience is over and over again with folks that you meet who come here from another province. They go, oh my gosh, why are you guys paying this? So when I hear a smart man like David Eby say, oh, well, you can pick and choose and cherry pick some lower rates some other part of the country, that's not the bulk of the experience. Most people I talk to who come here from away are shocked at how much they're paying. Yeah, I think people, a lot of people have had similar experiences if they come from other provinces and they, they get a little sticker shock from auto insurance here. The other thing that's going on is the rate increases being charged by ICBC, especially for like young drivers. I mean, yeah. I've heard from a lot of young drivers just getting absolutely walloped with huge uh, insurance premiums. to insure, you know, not an expensive automobile. I think that's what's going on. I think this government's feeling the heat here. There's another rate hike coming next month, and I think they're trying to soften the public up for it. I agree. And anecdotally speaking, I was getting some of the pictures that we had done recently of our fun, more fun things that we try to do, like our dumpster fire and things like that. I was getting those developed. And the young man at the counter, when I came back to get them picked up, he said, I like your pictures. And he was a young guy. He was like 19 or 20. And I said, oh, which ones? He said, well, ICBC ones, because I can barely afford it. And I just asked him, he pays, Mike, nearly $400 a month for a 2009 little hatchback. I just, I said, how? And he said, well, I can barely do it. There's some months where I'll go and I'll have to cancel, and then I can't get to work. And now I'm able to pick up more shifts overnight. This is a young guy. And I'm able to just afford insurance. He said, before that, I was hoping to try to share a car with a buddy, but now I can't do that. Like, if I had had that kind of albatross around my neck when I was a young person striking out and making some money and getting jobs, I wouldn't have been able to. I would have been stuck at home. Yeah, this is why I think this is a political problem for this government, because as we get closer to another election, I think the liberals are going to try and make this an election issue, and I think it could be a good one for them, depending how they frame it. Now, have a listen to this, Chris. Yesterday on the show, I spoke to B.C. liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson, and he has been highly critical of ICBC, as you know. I've been trying to pin him down for months on exactly what a liberal government would do to fix ICBC and he's kind of does the duck and dodge thing usually. But yesterday I kind of pinned him down a little bit. Here's what he said. I'm a lot less worried about ICBC and a lot more worried about British Columbia and their ability to get by and afford to live in this province. We've seen dramatic increases in insurance rates, sometimes going up to $7,000. We've seen the invoices from places like Penticton and Cranbrook. In my own family, we've had one of them double overnight when it was renewed oh. in January. And you start to think, isn't there a better way to do this? I mean, why can't we find out how it's done elsewhere? And why can't we get um, the right kind of authority in British Columbia to put the choices on the table and let British Columbians make up their own minds? Okay, he also said that he believes ICBC should compete yes. against the private sector for basic auto insurance. And I know that caught your attention. 
It really did. Uh, I was in your same boat. I've been very politely trying to seek some clarity from the BC Liberals on this very issue because we want change. We don't care if it's the flying monkey party who does it. We just want change so the people aren't paying these rates. And so I've been asking for clarity, too. And hearing him say, I quote, I think ICBC should be open to competition. That's the whole idea so that people have a choice. If ICBC can compete in that marketplace, then we might still have ICBC. But this idea that somehow you're going to privatize a company that loses a billion dollars a year, who's going to buy that? He clearly said he thinks it should be open to competition. Here's the automatic comeback to that argument from people who support ICBC. They say if you do that, if you break up ICBC's monopoly here and you, you make ICBC compete against these private companies and give these private companies a piece of the action... These private companies, all they care about is profit. They are going to cream off the lowest risk drivers and all the risky drivers that are getting into accidents and texting on their cell phone behind the wheel. They're the ones who are going to get stuck being insured by ICBC as the insurer of last resort. How do you respond to that? Because I think that's the fear that maybe a lot of people have about it. So I'm not an insurance expert, but I have read a lot about this. And the way I've had it explained to me, and again, I've lived in other jurisdictions that have open private competition for insurance. In Ontario and Nova Scotia, I paid way less, way less. I went to one broker, they compared a whole bunch of different rates, and I picked the best one. So it was just a huge amount of money I saved. So this is how I imagine this would work. They fully compete, period. The good drivers, guess what? If you're a really good driver and you're low risk, you're going to pay less for insurance. That's how this works. If you're a really crappy driver and you're getting into constant accidents or speeding tickets or texting, you should pay more because that is how the risk works. But this is the key, and I've heard it explained before, this notion that somehow there are hordes and hordes of people, young people or people who get in all these accidents who are uninsurable and wandering the streets of Ontario – I worked in talk radio for 15 years. Not once did we get that phone call. Not one time saying, I can't get to work because they won't insure me. What they do is the different companies all go in together and they take turns insuring a high-risk person. So it's almost like where you say, this is a weird analogy, where, where you have like a low-cost spay and neuter clinic, something like that, and the veterinarians come in and they volunteer their time and they take turns. They do shifts. That's similar, as I've had it explained to me, what private insurance companies do. They say, okay, "Okay, so Mike is a big risk. He costs a lot of money. Let's move him around until he gets a better driving record. We'll each take turns, and then eventually his premium will go down because he hopefully becomes a better driver. Doug in Port Moody, hi. Mike and Chris, uh, just a quick story. I'm a 61-year-old driver. Uh, I haven't had an at-fault accident ever. I haven't had a traffic ticket since I was 17 years old. So with the announcement, uh, was it last summer, about the changing rates and good drivers paying less and bad drivers paying more, I was really looking forward to what would happen in uh, mid-January. I went and renewed, and my insurance slightly went up. So the only way I was told that it could go down is if I was 65 years old. So to me, that kind of seems backwards. At some point, you would think my faculties or my reaction time might decrease. Once again, it was a marginal increase, but it went up. So if I went up, I don't know who's going down. Okay, Doug, thanks for the call. Well, I guess the situation, Chris, is that for a guy like Doug, who's a safe driver and has got a clean record, that his insurance went up, but if the government hadn't hadn't changed the system, it would have gone up even more. 
Yes. So I is. guess he's, you know, the government's saying, well, people are going to pay more, but if you're a good driver, you'll pay less, less more. more. Less yes. more, okay. It was an interesting point when they first made that announcement, and I, I found it kind of sad. Uh, they <laughs> said, bad drivers will pay more, good drivers right. will pay less than they otherwise would have been. Yeah, right, less more. Less more, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. That's too so, bad. It's, yeah. it's really too bad. Yeah, Doug, you should be happy. That's well, the thing. You should be happy that your insurance rate's only going up a little bit. James in Pitt Meadows, hi. Hey there, uh, I just came back from working in Calgary for a year, uh, and really a lot of the things you're talking about are no different. My kid could not get insurance for anything under seven grand uh, because he's considered a male, young, newer driver, and that put him in the highest category risk. So if what I'm hearing from you, it doesn't sound like any difference. Now, okay. my insurance was significantly less, but I heard nonstop horror stories from people I was working with about what happens when these private insurers go to battle over each other to see who's going to pay. There are, both, there are two sides of it. You're right. And I guess the argument from the private insurance companies, Chris, is that if you don't like the rate you've been quoted, you can go to another company. And that's the thing. Rate. Yeah, I think that's the thing. A lot of people, hopefully your rate will go down. But at least you'll have a choice. I think yeah. for a lot of us here in BC who want to see open competition for ICBC, for auto insurance, is that we have no choice right now. Right. We are being forced to pay whatever this is, and it's over $1,800 on average per person per year, and we've got no option. That's what I find most upsetting. David in Abbotsford, hi. Hey there. Hi. So after listening to your show yesterday, about 15 of us just decided to do a quick little survey right across Canada, using our trucks for ages and our driving experience. Most of us are all in our 50s to early 60s. And um, <clears throat> some of us had previous driving experience in Alberta, and uh, I will disagree with what they say about Alberta rates because they are way more. But really? after okay. all of it said and done, Manitoba has the best and cheapest insurance. So not only the two things we looked at, one was the cost, and the second thing is just what they actually what you get for it in an accident. Uh, Manitoba has the best program. They will pay for. They will use replacement parts. They they pay out claims at a higher level. They have less claims. They have less hazards. But they are. are they that, it's a publicly run program. And uh, I so Saskatchewan okay. follows second. BC was after that. Alberta, Ontario, and then Alberta was last. Okay. Th rate. Thank thank you for that. This is like music to the ears of the government here to hear a call like that because P Manitoba has got public auto insurance. Chris? It depends on where you look, too. So we did a study a few years we back. we 30 seconds, Chris. Sorry, very quickly. We did a quick study a few years back, and Quebec has a weird system where private insurers cover the physical car and the public covers the body. They've apparently got the lowest in all of Canada. So it depends on where you look. We just want an open competition. We want choice. People shouldn't be forced for this. The heat's on. I think this is going to be a big issue going forward. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you. Chris Sims, Canadian Taxpayers Federation, had a lot of calls there. If you didn't get through, phone me on the buzz line. Leave me a voicemail there, 604-331-2899.